Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 78, our final episode, Ray, of season four. And it's presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. It is July 2nd. Uh, I know what I did on Canada Day. I was basically locked in studio for a dozen hours or more by an endless cast of both experts and characters and all the stuff that went on, the shenanigans in a Studio 6 at at TSN. How did you and the Ferraro clan spend Canada Day? Well, I got up at uh, 5 a.m. Pacific, 4.30 a.m. Pacific time to drive Cammy down to the office. And then I think we saw her about 7 p.m. Uh, yesterday. Um, kids and I were hanging around. Uh, my brother's in town, had had you donkeys on TV and... Uh, watching you um uh i i i did enjoy when uh puffy came out as james's caddy i uh <laughs> did like that and uh uh no it's it's funny i woke up and i'm like oh my god these guys have been on the air for two hours already yeah you know like i for you you know how you can t- forget yeah. a little bit and i'm like that is one hellaciously long day there were so many different elements to it. And that's, you know, the, the, the brainchild of Mike Lane, who's effectively in charge. James Dothy, as you know, is super creative. How about you missed the, the cold opening, right? Uh, oh my God. Who made the 72, oh, uh, foot Nick pu- Taylor, uh, Nick, Nick uh, Taylor. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they had that as part of what you're referring to with Sean Cameron as, as James's caddy and, and he and O were trying to make that long putt. But the cold opening, if you had if you didn't see it, was Gino Retta doing a streeter with James Dutty and he's got his hat on backwards and he's got a t shirt on and he's just a rip off of Kyle Davidson and his Chicago Blackhawks. And it was uh, it was very, very hey, well I got we gotta we gotta give some props to our guy Gino. Oh he is he has done some things on free agent day. Yeah. That have just been amazing. Like when he, when he was chasing the llamas around the parking lot. Well, and as I look back now in hindsight, like Bobby Mack and I, Bob McKenzie and I, you know, back in those days, we were serious, right? We we're like, no, 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 this is a serious news day. We're here to, you know, break news and get the analysis and all that. And and Bob and I were vehemently opposed to all the nonsense. We just wanted no part of it. Like, keep all of it away. We wanted to live in and work in our little bubble. And now I look back and I'm like, God, we were dummies. Like, it's the only shred of entertainment that exists over the course of the day in a day that's very long and tedious and often boring, you know, unless your team is making a big splash. Well, and uh, at some point, you know, Bob jumped the shark there yeah, and yeah. he became part of the puck over glass yeah, and yeah. playing the bongos and yeah. all that. So from back to the quiz master to Mike Lane now, the – to keep that day rolling along as they do is is really remarkable because it would be hard to explain to somebody that's just watching, but it is total mayhem in there, uh, like most of the time. And the way they, I don't know how many times I got told, you're on camera, like <laughs> stop fooling around or not paying attention. Or you're like, sometimes I think I'd walk through and stay out of the way. Yeah. And then someone, yeah, you walked right through the middle of the yeah. shot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, 
No idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> no idea. You're very familiar with floor director Ellen, right? And oh, she's the she's best on in it. the business. Unreal. Like, on it. You're right. Because it is, it's just chaos in Studio Six. But they've got the evil Ellen Cam now, right? It's it's like a GoPro. Uh, and so she's running around and every once in a while they'll cut to it. It's hilarious. <laughs> she's barking orders. And if you're in the wrong spot, oh, oh you're going to hear it. She's, <laughs> she is on. All right. Well, let's kind of look back at uh, some of the, the goings on of the day. And, and obviously, as we record our final episode here, there's going to be stuff that happens. You know, maybe Debrinket gets traded. Maybe Carlson gets traded. I mean, we've been speculating on this um, as a collective media for for weeks, if not months now. So, you know, apologies to anybody who's downloading this after the fact, but we'll do our best. So let's, again, just bounce around a little bit. Let's start in Toronto because Brad Tree Living and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, are handcuffed a little bit for obvious reasons. You know, he's wrestling with, you know, what's the William Nylander contract extension going to look like? Is it going to be doable or is it going to be a trade option that's that's better fitted for the Leafs? You've got, uh, you know, the Austin Matthews contract extension, which isn't going to be uh, an issue, I don't think. Hold on, I'm having ear issues. How's that working? Yeah. How's your earpiece working? I, it's it's just been ridiculous all week long. I've lost my, my earpiece, uh, so audio at TSN gave me a different one, and I left that one there, so now I've got some crappy earpod. Anyway, so let's look at what the Leafs <laughs> have done and, and haven't done yet. Um, I was a bit surprised at the noise uh, after the signing of of Ryan Reeves on a three-year deal at 1.35 per. Now, the third year probably isn't going to happen, right? I mean, he's a 37-year-old hockey player, a lot of miles there. I thought, and he probably will be a fan favorite, um, but there was some pushback on that, you know, from the fan base. John Klingberg, same thing. You know, again, a lot of miles on Klingberg. Not a defensive defenseman, but if he can get the puck to the Toronto Maple Leafs forwards, isn't that the purpose? So look at those two guys first, and and we'll go from there. Why? Well, I, I mean, honestly, I think you can understand the the pushback on both. I mean, um, without question, Ryan Reeves is the most feared man physically in the NHL because he is he likes his role. That's that's really the first part of it all. Like he he likes being what he is, you know, being an intimidating factor, a presence um, when he plays. Um, he is a big voice in a room that is going to be, you know, that is pretty quiet. It's not a, it's not a robust room. The, here, here's the thing, like, he is not going to make the Leafs tougher. I mean, clearly he is tougher than, but he won't play 15 minutes a game. His style of play will not leak into how other guys will play more aggressively or more, more firmly. The, the players that play the most minutes for you have to be your leaders. And so one of, the, one of the issues I think that's happened in Toronto over the course of the last few years is they've tried to add that um, more firm type of player is they're not like Luke Shen can only do what Luke Shen can do. He can't play 24 minutes for you. He can't transform, I'll pick TJ Brody into a bruising defender. TJ Brody is a really good defender who plays his way. He doesn't make um, 
uh, Luke Shen doesn't make William Nylander tougher or Austin Matthews more gritty or Mitch Marner more chippy. You are who you are. So I, I think that's where the pushback comes back. At a certain point, how much can you bury at some point in the minors? Because as the cap goes up, that will work itself out. And maybe there'll be a time that's the case. Reeves is always popular. I don't like two years ago when he was with the Rangers in the playoffs, he, or a couple years ago when he played there, he, he had a couple of big moments, but for the most part that it, it, it's not a game changer. So it became a lot of noise about had they signed other players, I think there would have been less noise around it. John Klingberg, um, defensively, statistically, analytically, was one of the worst defenders in the league last year. He does move the puck. He's never been a strong defender. Even if you if you take away the debacle in Anaheim last year um, and go back to Dallas, he was never really a, long, uh, a, a good defender. People that will point to his playoffs in 2020 as, you know, just an amazing run, which he had, everybody gets a high point of their career. Everybody gets one. Um, for me, it was the playoffs in 93. I scored 13 goals in 18 games. If you extrapolate that over a season, I should be a 50-goal scorer. <laughs> However, I wasn't. For for six weeks or seven weeks, I was really great. And and that's... So I, I don't... I don't love John Klingberg's game enough to be a game changer. I get they want him to transport the puck and move the puck up to the forwards. Get it, need it. Um, in in my mind, the Leafs are worse today than they were at the end of the season. I don't think there's really any question about it. We'll see if they can get somebody else signed or not. But um, as per right now, when we're taping it, they're not as good as the team that ended the season. Right. And and there is some effort. And again, you know, depending on when you're listening to our podcast or watching us on YouTube, there is interest in Tyler Bertuzzi. How they would make that fit ah, doesn't quite add up. I can appreciate why they would be interested in Tyler Bertuzzi as a player. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah. He, you know, do you not think, Dregs, and you're, you're more in tune to this than me. Is Bertuzzi the type of player that the market, given as it is today on yeah. July 2nd, yeah. he might get squeezed a lot more than his play would warrant? Unfairly, I would say you're right. Yes, yes, that's, that's what I mean. 100%. And you know what? I might throw Max Domi into that equation too. Uh, Dallas loved Max Domi last year. They Dallas has no money. Right. So they they take advantage of a buyout in Matt Duchesne. Um, who else they bring in? Sam Steele. Right. So they they shore up what they've got up front. Uh, and that just eliminated Max Domi, who at one point was asking five times five. It's a lot of money, you know, 20 million, 25 million. And now the market is essentially dried up on on Domi. You're looking at you're looking at two and a half yeah, million less than he made last year, and that's got to be a tough one for yeah. a player to accept. Well, and here's here's the other thing uh, I'll differentiate between uh, Domi and uh, Bertuzzi is that Max had a really great run in Chicago where you play a lot, you get a lot of power play time. You're going to go if you go to a better team, those minutes yeah. aren't there. Bertuzzi can play up and down your lineup a little more and probably can do some things that Max 
needs the ice time to do. And, and I would say that's a little bit of a differentiation between the two, I would but, I would say for yeah. me. But I Bertuzzi in particular, I you know, you've laid out the the case for for Domi kind of running into a cul-de-sac here and maybe ending up with a lot less than he thought. Uh, I think for Bertuzzi, coming off the playoffs he had, I, I thought he was in pretty good shape. Um, and, and now you get through this day one stuff and you're like, ooh, there's not many places that it fits so easily. And, and the notion or the idea of taking a short term, that's going to sting, doesn't it? As a, as a young player who feels like he's, he's done that already. He's done that, you know. Well, it, it would sting because you, you went to Boston, played in the playoffs, or down the stretch and the playoffs, he was terrific. You would think, like given last year, the way the year went, like he broke yeah. both hands. Like that's impossible <laughs> to do, except he did. It, you know, he was in a position that the reason he's not signed in Detroit is they just couldn't, they couldn't commit that kind of dollars. I, he went and did what he had to do. However, the market, you can, I, I feel for these guys because you cannot overplay your hand. And it, if you do, they're going to say, we'll take this guy that's 70% as good as you and pay him 50% of your money. And we're going to be happy with that. And that's what we saw. And that's where we're at. Um, okay, let's shift over to Ottawa. So Pierre Dorian acknowledged top priority was, was getting a goaltender. He takes a big swing and a big bite and brings Corpusalo in on uh was it a five-year deal? Five times four, uh, yeah. Yeah, five times four. I, I I'm okay with the money, right? Like that's 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 fine. You've got a good tandem now, so it appears in Corpusalo and, and Anton Forsberg. Um the term makes me a little bit nervous, but I'm I'm more curious about what your assessment is on Corpusalo overall. I mean, is this good stability now? in the goal for the Ottawa Senators. I think they have a chance to have a, a good tandem. I don't think he's a standalone number one guy. Um, two years ago, statistically one of the worst goalies in the league, um, and and then had hip surgery. Like he, when he was in Columbus, he couldn't move. And so, you know, he, he had the surgery, he rebuilt his, you know, his strength and his mobility. Um, and really put together a good year in Columbus, and and he was good in LA. He was more than fine. Now you put together that health, and you try and figure out what exactly can he play? Can he play forty five or fifty games? And they're gonna they're gonna need him to do that. But if you can build a tandem, then I at at four million. If you're paying your other goaltender a million and a half or two million, you've You've got really good dollars committed in gold that you can now spend elsewhere, like in your roster. So I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't, I don't love longer contracts. I just, I think generally speaking, they don't, they don't work out. But um, he probably had a couple other options, um, and and Ottawa wasn't looking for a number two guy. They were looking for somebody better than that. Speaking of long term contracts, uh, Alex Dabrinkit definitely wants uh, a full term extension, um, just not from the Ottawa Senators. You know, the word is that he'd prefer to play in the U.S. for family reasons. And that's up to him. You know, he's at a place Mm -hmm. in his career where he can navigate that path. Uh, Where it gets problematic, though, and we know reportedly that Pierre Dorian has given permission to a few teams to speak with Jeff Jackson about an extension. Jackson 
represents Alex Dabrinkit. And it seems, Ray, what's snarling up a trade is the belief that Dabrinkit wants Timo Meyer money. So you're at 8.8. And I think that teams are thinking that now maybe he's more in the Jesper Bratt type of category, right? So that's a million less per year. Over an eight-year term, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I get it. But yeah. if if that's holding up a trade, and it sounds like it might be, then it's got to be up to Alex Dabrinkit to reconsider. Or maybe he stays in Ottawa. Well, there's two things. If, if that deal isn't out there with the teams they're talking about, and you're Dabrinkit, you have one year under contract, so your extension isn't going to be signed till next year anyway, or come into effect, rather, till till next uh like September, a year from a year from this September, why wouldn't you wait? And the reason I say that is every article I've read, um, the um, the cap is going to expand four million, roughly. Yeah, yeah. There'll be money in the system. Mm-hmm. Every I can tell you, every player thinks that four million dollars is coming to them <laughs> per team. Every, everybody thinks, oh yeah, my salary is going. You know, like yeah, there's no thinks there's that. no splitting the pie. The pie. No, is no, mine. it all comes to me. It all comes to me. <laughs> And uh, so if you're to bring it and you got to take a million dollars less or so, I mean, just roughly yeah, speaking numbers yeah. um, and you don't want to do that, then don't Yeah. wait, have a great year. Don't be thinking about the money because the money's going to come for you, mm-hmm. but have a great year. You'll get either Ottawa's in a playoff race and they're going to keep your rate to the end or they're going to trade you. And then you're still going to be a free agent um, come July. So the worst thing I think you could do is take a contract or take a trade, accept a trade, sign a contract that the minute you sign it, you don't like it. And then for the next seven or eight years, you've got a boo-boo lip on because you know you took less than you should have. Like there's no need for him to do that. They've got to, I would have faith. I would be more worried if I was to bring it, if the team I was playing on, was not very good and wasn't going to score because his his money is tied to his production. There's not a lot of intangible stuff like that Brady Kachuk could have using on the same team. He's going to score. He's going to be on their power play and he's going to he's going to score. He always does. And so is he a 40 goal guy or is he a 35 goal guy? Is he you know, he there's got to be a fit on the team that he goes to and maybe next year the fit is there that isn't there right at this moment. So he scored 27 times this year. Uh, He had one disallowed goal. And somebody who knows this very close to the Ottawa Senators told me he hit, it was either 15 or 16 posts and crossbars this past season. (laughs) I don't know if that sounds like a lot to me, huh? Like, or is it not as a goal scorer? Is 15, 16 crossbars posts? Is that, yeah, just kind of standard for a goal scorer? I've never uh, heard of that before. That, <laughs> well, first of all, nobody ever had stats like that before. Yeah. But I, I like <laughs> I, I'm trying to think back as you say that, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I, you know, I average just about 30 goals a year. Yeah. Or, you know, 27 goals a year. And um, I don't know, would I hit two or three a year? I mean, of course, I was shooting from four feet. So what the hell was the difference? <laughs> it either went in or it didn't. But um that seems a lot. So let's yeah. let's say ne- that sounds like a year in tough luck. Yes. 
And I think that was the purpose and the point of the person telling me that he's not a 27 goal scorer. We know that. And historically, he's put up better. What? Let's say he has an average year luck-wise. And he's a 35 goal scorer. And he does it every year. You know, that's, you know, sure he benefited from playing with Patrick yeah. Kane. But he he would be, he would be a player that's good if 27 is the low end okay so that that and I, and we got to move on here but you just keep think, uh, bringing up things that that tweak me here um he played a lot with Shane Pinto who I happen to like I think Shane Pinto is an effective player he's not Josh Norris and he's not Tim Stutzla right and and so when you're looking at it purely from a hockey perspective and it isn't about hockey it's about his family decision to to leave but holy smokes, I mean, if he saddles up beside Josh Norris or Tim Stutzla, you know, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a 40 goal scorer again. There's there's more chances there for sure. That that we're just gonna come from the the way that those players play, for sure. hundred percent All right. Uh man, Carolina Hurricanes are a fascinating team, aren't they? Like just <laughs> they always are. And I'm gonna tell you, so I'm I'm standing at at the fence at the draft in Nashville and like Tom Dundon, who's the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, the Hurricanes table is like 15 feet directly in front of me. Tom Dundon is so wired into what's going on, it's unreal. Like he's getting up and he's going over here and he's talking to that player agent. He's getting up, he's going over here and he's talking to this general manager. I mean, he, with respect to Don Waddell, who's the perfect general manager for this owner, he's the de facto general manager. He truly is. So, And I say that with appreciation because he's relatively new to the league and he's on it. And, and the, the agents say he knows what he's talking about. He negotiates fiercely. So you look at Carolina, they bring in Orlov. Nice ad for the hurricanes. Right. Uh, Michael Bunting. I, I think Michael Bunting's a nice fit there, you know, and Brendan Moore's not going to have a problem keeping him motivated. Um, they extend Faust. Freddie Anderson stays. The goaltenders remain intact. And there's that big, enormous question mark of can they, can they, as we're recording this, land Eric Carlson? I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how teams like Vegas, Carolina, Tampa Bay, there's a handful of them, just find a way to make these deals while others seem to be stalled in a process. Uh, do you follow the NBA at all, Dregs? I mean, a little I bit, do. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I, we probably follow it about the same. Those three teams you mentioned, they operate like an NBA team. They really do. Look at the trades that happen in the NBA, the moves that teams make. And in the NHL, it's, it's far more difficult, um, it seems, for teams to embrace that big swing. It, it really is. Now, I, I do think there is a, a a little bit of a change happening as the managers become a little less risk averse because in the cap world, they realize they're realizing the margins are so small. It sometimes you've really got to step up and take a swing. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you just stay there, you get stuck. And getting stuck means you never get, you never win. You never get anywhere better. And so I look at Carolina. One thing that they do, I would say more than anything else, they rarely take on lengthy deals. 
They'll take on big money deals, but they will not take on lengthy deals. And and I I think that is I think that is critical. Like I look at some of the deals that were handed out yesterday, and I'm going to quickly bring in the Islanders here. Like seven years for Pierre Engvall, seven years for Scott Mayfield. Like like stunning. If you want to give Sorokin eight years, great. The guy's one of the best goalies in the league and will be for that term. But the length we of thought years- it was a burner account. All kidding aside, when we saw Engvall come across at seven and Mayfield at seven, we we literally we wouldn't say it until we verified it was actually the Islanders, you know, announcing this. So like Carolina does not do that. I I still don't. So if you're, if you're looking at Eric Carlson, if they're going to somehow make that work, I've already said last week, it, it didn't work last time with Burns and Carlson together in San Jose, quite the way they wanted. Maybe it can again. I, I, I don't know. I would be, I would be nervous about that. The, um, but it's going to cost them Brady Shea or Brett Pesci. Like like one of those guys because they, they need money to go back. And I would think it would probably be Pesci because it would be a right-handed defenseman that would go back. Shea gives He would Shea, have to waive. He, he doesn't yeah. have San Jose on his list. but Okay, yeah, so you would know. Possible. Uh, yeah. Shea had 18 goals last year, a career high. Mm. Maybe that would be the defenseman they would prefer, but one of those two guys has to go back. When, when I look at Carolina though, all this stuff, they still don't have a one shot score. I'm, I'm a little hung up on that. Maybe it's unfair because they get 105 points every year, but Svechnikov will come back after his knee surgery. They've swapped out Pacioretty for bunting, you know, bunting will get 20 plus goals and he'll be a, he'll be a, He'll be an effective player there. That that style will, yeah, it'll will, it'll play well. It, it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good fit yeah. there. Carol, I think Carolina's really good, and they, as you mentioned, they are super interesting. I will say this: Donnie Waddell was our GM in in uh, Atlanta, so I've you know I've known him for a long time, and when when Tom Dundon gets fired up, Donnie is the perfect guy for it because he just. He understands. He gets it. And Dundon rubs people the wrong way. But you know what? It's his team. He doesn't have to run it how you run your team or I run my team. He's the owner. He runs it a lot like Jerry Jones, like Jerry Jones does with the Cowboys. Right? And I I'm I'm I don't work for him, so I don't know, but I'm I'm entertained as hell when I go into Carolina and watch that team play and what they've done. It's they've done an amazing job there. People were annoyed that Tom Dunman wore I don't know what he was wearing, like a t-shirt and jeans or whatever on day one of the draft, the first round. Probably wasn't jeans, but something like that. He certainly wasn't in dress clothes. And then day two. It essentially was a t-shirt and jeans and a ball cap kind of on backwards or forwards. And I'm like, the guy's a billionaire. I don't care. What does it matter to us what he's wearing sitting at a table for eight hours? You could all wear the same color suit. Yeah. Oh, geez. By they, the way. Arizona our, takes great pride in that, don't they? They do. But <laughs> <laughs> I forget the car rental company that David Amber said during the draft, but he said, Hey, they look like they work at, and he said, yeah. 
I just about <laughs> fell off my sofa. David was hosting the Sportsnet <laughs> coverage and uh, uh, of the draft day one, and he said, "Oh, look here they come!" I again, I forget the rental car company, but he yeah. said they look like they oh Tilden. He said they look Tilden. like they work at Tilden. Oh boy! <laughs> and I just I just cracked up. I'm like, that's outstanding. Here comes 14 guys all looking the same. <laughs> all right, let's uh, wrap up headlines with a couple of rapid fires here. Uh, your thoughts on the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins, because there was a lot of shuffling there. So, you know, the principal piece is New York, of course, uh, adding um, Blake Wheeler and Jonathan Quick. So they get a ton of, of experience in those two pieces. Um, and Boston has Lucic, James Van Riemsdyk, Shattenkirk, Morgan Geeky, Patrick Brown, like a lot of shifting with those two clubs. But did they get better? Um, no, they didn't. Um, but part of it is, oh man, gotta get tired of this. Part of it is they only get you only get so much sand you can put into the jar, right? Like that's it. And so. All of those deals, they're all one-year deals. I think Geeky got two years, but they're all one-year deals. The Rangers and the Bruins are in a little bit, I think, of a holding pattern for a year until the cap goes up, till they can breathe a little bit. The Rangers have to re-sign Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere to whatever they're going to sign them, bridge deals, long deals, whatever it is. But that's where all of their money gets eaten up. The Bruins are... They probably have a decent sense internally about Krejci and Bergeron, but you you can't look at their team and go, oh, it's going to be just as good as last year or near as good. It's just not going to be. I I still think, I do think Boston has got a move left in them though. And um, like a a more of a trade than than something else. But I I do think, I, I just don't, I don't see them going into the season with Pavel Zaka and Trent Frederick and Charlie Coyle as their top three centers. I just, right. I just don't see that. All right. For season four, those are your headlines. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Okay, time to kick it into high gear one more time for season four. Chris Abbott is joining us from Botano.ca. All year we've said this, available in Ontario, Botano. The game starts now, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Chris Abbott. He's on location, and you're in Newfoundland, correct, at your parents' house? Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. We're in uh, just outside of St. John's. Nice. We, they do a, a big Canada Day party every year, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where the whole family gets together and, and uh, you know, shoots, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to finish yeah, yeah. that sentence. So uh, chat shoots the shit yeah, for a little bit and, and, and have a good time. And, and um, you know, uh, there, there might have been one or two uh, beers. 
uh, consumed. How many uh, how many abbots are there in this uh, <laughs> in this thing? Yeah, there's about uh, twenty five or so plus you know a- oh boy plus ancillary you know uh, in laws and and long lifelong now, friends. Um, and and he's yeah. Greek. Yeah, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna. <laughs> Oh. No, that's only for the tourist ah. tricks. That's only for the tourists. We you don't, don't have to kiss stuff. the cod or lick the cod or do whatever you have to do. And then well, that's just for the tourists. No. Okay. They, they, they let me back in at the airport. I just got to say yes, bye to the guy coming through. And I'm good. Yeah, it's okay. I, I got one question. I'm going to make a generalization. The Abbott family reunion is not a quiet event. <laughs> so one of the neighbors came up around four o'clock yesterday <laughs> afternoon. And he's like, I had to come and see what was going on because it was so loud. So I can only imagine uh, what so the, uh, what it sounds like. But no, it's not a quiet yeah. event. And um, awesome. and there's a lot of stories being told. Everyone played, you know, a certain level of sure. sports. So it's it's that kind of that locker room. Even the women all played sports. So it's it's all it's all that just you know. And we play. Uh, I think you guys call it ladder ball in yeah. Ontario. Um, you know yeah. the game, yeah. So we play a big tournament. Yeah. Uh, first year, first year this year, where we use ChatGPT to put together the, the bracket, uh, double elimination. So <laughs> we're bringing some technology and happy it. belated too, right? This is all part of the Canada Day celebration back in the homeland. Chris Abbott, uh, yeah, yeah. what did you say? Ray turned fifty-four on June thirtieth. Yeah, fifty-four. I think he looks fantastic. You're not fifty-four. He's, yeah. he's just pushed the four. No, no. Now uh, 48. I only feel it. Tell me, 48? I only feel it. 41. 41. I was, uh, I, I'm getting to the point where people are starting to tell me, you know, oh, I didn't, you don't look that old. And I've been saying that to people for a long time, and I'm starting to realize it's not a compliment because every time beard, somebody man. says it, I'm like, oh, geez. But, but it's the, it's the, just the, connotation we have with age when we're younger than yeah. people right we're like oh i i never want to be that old but you look pretty good considering you know it's like oh god i'm gonna tell one quick thing before we get to your stuff ab so um i stay in touch with the family i lived with in in portland um when i played junior and the year that i was there the mom she turned 36 so husband and wife they were 36 they had an eight and a six-year-old son at the time and she said to me that day, you know, this is, you're half my age. That's, that's it for, you know, that's it. Right? You'll <laughs> never get that close again. Well, I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. So now I'm like, oh, I'm 18. Oh my God, they're 76. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were old then. Yeah. They were 36. <laughs> like, that's outstanding. Hell, yeah. No, it's, it's wild when, when the perspective uh, steps in and, and you say, Oof. whoa, 76. Well, I hope they're doing great. I mean, I, isn't that they are doing awesome? Isn't that they're amazing? Great. It's that forty yeah, years later, you're 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 still in touch. It That's awesome. awesome. Well, when I got when I started at ESPN, you know, so then they could you know they watch the games or hear me more frequently, and um, they all seem to say that's really not a surprise that I was. Even though nobody was paying me, I yeah, was talking talk about a lot then. then. This makes sense. <laughs> in the kitchen, I was talking to them. Let's have, have some fun here in the segment, right? As we uh, wrap up episode uh, 78, season four of the Rain Regs podcast. I, I recall this conversation last year. So the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship, right? Is What is it, July 4th annually? Is that normally when it oh, is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At Coney yeah. Island, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Joey Chestnut, I think, has the the record, the world record, and I think he ate seventy six hot dogs 
I don't. In how long? It's not. It's something stupid. It's like it's, five it's, minutes. It's not very long. <laughs> and I think his closest competitor yeah. ever was eight, like sixty-four and a half hot dogs. I, I mean, it's absurd oh. that we would look forward to an event like this, but you kind of do, don't you? I mean, it's it's just so ridiculous that a human being can do this. It's become one of these silly traditions in the in the sports betting world too, because um, you can put a number on it. There's a timer. There's an official result. You know, there's all these things. And and honestly, guys, like you know, you're just wrapping up your season. There's not much going on, you know, except yeah. the heartache of of being a Blue Jays fan. Um, if you're a sports better in Canada, and or if you you know bet the CFL or what have you. So uh, while we're waiting for the NFL and the NBA and the NHL to come back, then you got to bet on something. So it, it's really taken on a life of its own. We've got. Uh, We've got a prop up. Will Will Joey Chestnut and I think it's Miki Sudo, the the female champion. Will their number of hot dogs combined, uh, hot dogs and buns, by the way, because you've got to have both. Um, will that be uh, over or under the number of runs scored in Major League Baseball on July fourth? So, oh. <laughs> so yeah, they're getting pretty creative with it. I like it. Now, there's one thing you got you got to remember the when they dip the whole thing in water. Like the whole yeah. thing looks just to get it down, right? And then you're like, I assume. oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat? Hot dogs and buns, like, right? Yeah, I yeah, like I like. Could you eat like? Oh yeah, five. Yeah, in a competition, yeah, but but no, no, Drake's not in a day. in a I'm sitting. About I, in I one could sitting. I'm not going yeah. to do it because that's going to be your follow up challenge. I I I feel like you could do ten. Oh yeah, of course it is. I think there should be a video. <laughs> see, from that's the why I didn't want to say a number. Well, Abs, wouldn't you want to see that? I would, I would love to see that. I think that would be good. Abs, content, you could eat. To be honest, seriously, how many could you could eat? Ten. I, I don't know. It's a good question, right? Like, if I sit down and I'm yeah. hungry, right? If I was having hot dogs for lunch or something, I could comfortably have three, maybe four. But if I if it's a competition and, and it's timed, right? That's the thing. Like, if you've got to do it in five or ten minutes. Man, I think after four or five, it would get a little <laughs> get a little heavy down there. Yeah, probably, probably. Ray, well, you say you're saying five max. That's that's uh, I think five for me. Little little ketchup, but see, I need ketchup. Yeah, for sure. Down. It's got to taste gotta good. You have no chance, right? Yeah, me too. And I like I like a hot dog, right? But the, it's the way they eat them, right? No condiments. They dip the bun in the water. Like it does not look fun and. I just, I just think about what the next few hours of their life must be like, you know? <laughs> well, I think hey, is there got any follow-up to this, by the way? Like, you can't, like, Joey Chestnut can't turn around and just hurl, can he? Like, he can't get 70 down and then within five minutes just burst. You, like, <laughs> well, I just, I think there is a rule that, that you, you've got to keep it in, like, for a period. Well, who's going to enforce that? Who's the, who's the who's sitting back there and going? Oh, oh! I see a yeah, little spittle. Hang on. There is though. Know? There's some. There's some guy with like an American color top hat that with you know a coat with tails that that runs the whole thing. I, the, um, they do these like intros. It's like it's like wrestling. The guys come down. They've got their own entrance music. Um, but I do think I think once the timer expires, you're good. I think if you lose it during during the event, well, it's like anything. Like if you go off the track during an F1 race at all you're not getting back on uh, you're not getting your back on the lap right so i guess uh i guess i don't know if you'd be disqualified but it'd certainly hinder your performance outstanding okay i get i get this is uh, from an old movie um who ate the old 96er oh, uh 
No, Clark John Griswold, Candy. Yeah, oh, and he's John just Candy. like heaving with the and, gristle. And remember, he he ate it, and they're like, no, nope, you didn't finish the gristle. <laughs> oh. And I think he ended up with a t-shirt or something. That's a oh, Well, you know, there's, there's a place, what is it, a place, a place in Vegas, what's it called? The Heart Attack Grill or whatever, where where if you can eat, eat all this stuff, you get it for free, or... If you're over 300 pounds, you get it for free. Like it's, it's wild. I mean, who's, who, America. Right? Who's the main, Who's the host? Uh, an oh, yeah. EMT guy. Don Shula's used to must, have that must too, be. right? Every the Don Shula's restaurants, you go Did in they? there, and if you ordered this massive brontosaurus steak and ate it, you know everybody ate for free. I don't think they do that anymore. All right, Chris, no, man. Uh, look, yeah, happy, happy birthday, Abs. Thanks. Have happy a birthday. great summer. And look, uh, on behalf of Ray and I, just thank you to you, of course, for being a good friend and a good supporter of the podcast, yeah. but to Botano.ca for being there for us as well. And we look forward to season five. Oh, thanks to you and the producers. I mean, it's been, it's a blast. I look forward to it uh, every time I come on. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it's it's four seasons in the can already. You know, I remember, uh, I remember when I was... Uh, first uh in my last company just driving and i heard the first uh episode you guys did on the radio i think i sent an email like, how do i get involved and, and a couple of weeks later there we were so um yeah it's been a whole lot of fun so look forward to uh look forward to continuing on here. well enjoy the rest of the family gig and uh have a great summer abs be healthy have fun and we'll talk to you soon hey same to both of you guys take care Oh, man, Chris Abbott is such a good dude. Time for Ask Rain Dregs Anything. Uh, our last awarding of a question asker or two with some real fancy Rain Dregs merchandise. Thanks to Botano.ca for helping us out with that. Um, all right, question for both Ray and Dregs. This one comes from Facebook, Ray. We don't often get to Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook. I'm not on so. Facebook. No, well... Uh, question for Ray and Riggs. First, Ray, which active forward would be a good line mate to play with you? Um, uh, someone that could score and pass me the puck a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Leon um, Dreisaitl. Well, uh, I, I was just going to say, like, like, I don't know if David Posternock would be a great line mate for someone like me. But oh my gosh, he's my one of my favorite players in the league, and I just love watching him play. Like sometimes it just I needed a I I I'm thinking of a simpler player, a more simple player. Like it's almost like guys like Pasternak, they're too creative for me. I my game was more bread and butterish. Um you know, that 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 was a problem. I I do – I'm just trying to think here because, man, there's so many great players. Uh, I would have loved playing with Matthew Kachuk because it's a simple straight-ahead game. He likes to pass the puck. He's really good around the net. I that would I, I would say that might be my choice. Nice. Mm. So he follows up and says, which past media member, Dregs, would you have liked to know or work with? Um, well, I'll do a quick past and present past would be Bob Cole, never worked with Bob Cole, but I know Bob Cole. I had, you know, the good fortune of being around Bob many, many times over our tours of duty during the Stanley cup playoffs. So I would say Bob Cole is past present. The Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, man, I, as, as a, as a fellow insider, man, the way that he just 
terrorizes the NBA with his reporting. I, I'm fascinated by it because I know how hard I have to work, you know, to to get the information that I need, right? So uh, anyway, there's past and present. Okay, uh, greetings from Martin in Norway, Ray. Martin Erickson. Hi, Ryan Driggs. Thank you so much for the best NHL podcast out there. He's got us hooked. Question for Ray. Even if you had a great playing career, which you did, there's no doubt who's the superstar in your family. So if you had to take one of Cammy's achievements away from her and place it on your own resume, which one would it be? The Olympic gold, the Hockey Hall of Fame induction, or is it something entirely different? And which one would piss her off the most if you took it from her? <laughs> well, I, I, that's a hard one. I, I, I think I would have liked the Olympic gold the most. And the reason I say that is the connection that you would have to being on a winning team forever as opposed to just a singular honor. I I know I I can't say which one she would be more pissed off about. She'd probably say, I don't know, I'll take it. But no, I think she'd say, well, if it makes you fine, whatever. Like she's so, I can't even begin to tell you how humble she is about her accomplishments. And so I, I don't know. I, I finally got, I, I think I'm pushing close enough to getting that, metal in a place where we can display it as opposed to the drawer right over there that it sits in. All right. Well, let's give hats to both Martin Erickson. Good luck getting the hat, by the way, in Norway. I don't know how we travel. I mean, you can mail anything anywhere on the planet. I understand that. But let's hope that Martin gets his hat uh, in this calendar year. And to PM LaBelle, who asked the question uh, of the active line mate that would fit best for you and... uh, Awesome. Uh, Thanks to everybody that puts their questions into that's their fault. We have a, you know, and each season, Ray, we say, we say that we want to do more of it. And and we don't often, we don't do it often enough where we have a committed episode to ask Ray and Dregs anything. So we're going to do more of that. Okay. Well, you're, it's, it's, you know, and I'm going to wash my hands (laughs) of this and say, Dregs, you're the one that, uh, if this is on you. Yeah. It is on me. And maybe next year you can get a new Um, earpiece back. Yeah, I know. I'll get that all figured out. Look, you know, bittersweet wrap up yeah. to season four here, right? Um, and and obviously, um, we've got a deep, deep appreciation for all of our great sponsors. And that's Canadian Club Whiskey, our title sponsor, Chris Abbott, and the great people at Botano.ca. We've had so many who have come on board. Tim Hortons, go down the list, mm-hmm. right? So uh, thank you to to all of those. Um, as we've already acknowledged here, though, uh, we're we're moving on. Uh, the Rain Dregs podcast is is joining Rev Media, so uh, a deep thank you, a special thank you to the great people at Go Goat and North Beach, and that's Rob Gray, and that's Rob Reese, and that's our good buddy Raheem. Right, yeah. Raheem does so much work behind the scenes; he's moving on to to other things. So, um, just a hat tip of appreciation to all of those people. Raheem included for everything that they've done for us, because look, you and I joke about this. We didn't know there was going to be a season two. We didn't know we were going to get halfway through season one, right. but here we are looking forward to season. Yeah. Five. The, my, my appreciation goes to what everybody does to get us on the air, like to get us 
where we can be listened to. And it's not easy because Dregs lives in the East. I live in the West. Uh, timing often is, hey, let's tape at 5.30 in the morning Pacific time. And not you and I, but everybody else that has to turn this stuff around. Thank you very much for all you do and all you've done. And um, thank you. I mean, I just, it's amazing we're, we're through season four. It's been a great, it's been great. It really has been. And um, look forward to season five and hope everybody has a, a safe and healthy and happy summertime break. And uh, we'll see you in the fall. Well put, my friend. And again, just another acknowledgement to our great partners who made season four as good as it was. Uh, our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, thank you. Botano.ca, thank you. And Doer, don't want to overlook our pals at Doer. Use the code RNDPANTS and you're going to save 15% off everything there. Check them out at Doer.ca. That is season four of the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast until the start of season five in September. Have a great, happy summer. Enjoy your family and stay safe, everybody. <laughs>